listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. and pitfalls along the way, but we cannot afford to stop. The enemy is destined to stop us through one means or another, and he's having alarming success. But Lord, help us to sense we can't afford to stop. There is too much at the end of the road. We just help us today. The word of God might penetrate, and we might sense that this same gospel, this same word that we are preaching will eventually try us in the judgment. So now just help us, Father, and speak from heaven specifically to our hearts and to our needs this day. Get good results to thine own self that the kingdom might expand. In Jesus' name we ask. For his sake we pray. Amen. The book of First Peter, chapter number 4. Verse 17 and 18. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? There's much involved in these verses which we won't have time to explore in every detail today. But there's a doctrinal point that we would like to preface what we have to say this morning. Uh, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, what makes a man righteous is the fact that he does everything right. That he's righteous on the inside. 
there's nothing that emanates from him that's wrong or from a wrong motive. That he's pure. Now, if you notice here, there are those in the house of God that are categorized. Now, you get it this morning. See, now, there are groups who just conglomerates all of the people that are supposed to be Christians and, and all of them are saved by grace and they're all going to heaven and they're all in the same status and category. But the Bible says if the righteous scarcely be saved, I mean, that there would be no margin for anybody. You understand? Nobody will have any extra. There'll be no surplus in the life of anybody. Now you get it. If those who are perfectly upright scarcely makes it. Now if you just get saved and you are automatically in, you, there's no scarcity to it. You're there, you're in. But the Bible letting you know that those who are absolutely upright will barely make it. And if that be the case, there are others around the house of God who are claiming salvation, who are professed Christians. The question arises, where shall they appear? But now here, there are, there are uh, categories of people here. Uh, the ungodly, the sinner, and the righteous. You understand? Now, those words are there because they have meanings that the God wishes to convey to the people. He wants you to understand that everybody around the house of God, everybody that profess, is not in the same category. Now, you listen here. There are ungodly, there are sinners, and they are righteous. And they are all different. That's why you need to study God's word. They are not all the same. The ungodly and the sinner are different people. And those words are used because he wants to designate and have us to know the difference. All right. We'll give you briefly, before we enter into the heart of the message, uh, how to differentiate. All right. Of course, we know the righteous is all that the word implies. Those who are right, absolutely right. No wrong. In the book of Jeremiah, said, do no wrong. So the righteous are those that do no wrong. Now, you might concoct your own little theory and say, everybody does wrong. Well, that's your idea. But the word of God says, do no wrong. And it certainly would not have suggested that if we could not accomplish it. And they, even that caliber of person will just scarcely be saved. Well, then, where's the ungodly? All right, let's deal with the ungodly. Now, you notice here, there's a righteous, there's an ungodly, and there's a sinner. And they all are distinctly different. All right? We defined the righteous. Now, the ungodly and the sinner. Now, the sinner is a person who has no profession of godliness. By his own admission, he has no affinity with Christ. You understand? Now, if the ungodly and the sinner were the same, there would be no need to put the ungodly and the sinner. So then, who is the ungodly? The ungodly are those who have a profession but not living up to the full standard of God's word. You are ungodly because you know about godliness. And you're doing otherwise. So that makes you ungodly. 
But you do not categorize you as a sinner because you have a profession of righteousness. The sinner are those who have no profession. But the ungodly has a profession, but they're not living up to that profession. So the Bible says, where shall they appear? Now, if you see by grace and there's no possibility of being lost, then what about the ungodly? Where shall they appear? They're not going to appear where the righteous appear. They certainly won't, they certainly won't be with the righteous. All right. And the sinner, the ungodly and the sinner will be in the same place finally. The person who sits around church and don't come up to the mark will end up in the same place as the sinners. Regardless to his profession, regardless to his religious involvement, regardless to his status in the church, makes absolutely no difference. If he's ungodly, if he's not up to the gospel, he will appear eventually and finally with the sinners. All right, let us go on. And announce our text here. And if for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Our thought today, judgment in the house of God. All right. There is no need to try to evangelize the world and preach to the world unless the church is fully measured. Why must judgment, as the apostle says, begin with us? Because that's where it all begins with us. There's no need of trying to preach the worldliness out of the world and it's in the church. It must begin first at us. We must first, amen, get the moat out of our own eyes of the log. We must first accomplish righteousness in ourselves. Otherwise, the world will say, physician, heal your own self. It is ridiculous to try to preach a judgmental gospel to this world and forbid them and a lot of do's and don'ts, and you are doing the same thing you're preaching against. There is no need of lambasting the world for their worldliness, and you are full of worldliness yourself. And this is the situation. This is why judgment is necessary. Why? Because it must be determined what worldliness is. See, the Bible says, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. But somebody has to determine it. The world, the church world, is in the embarrassing mess that it's in the day because they don't have preachers who can separate the world from the church. A clear line of demarcation must be drawn. There are things that pertain to the world and there are things that pertain to the kingdom. And if you bring them over one into the other, you will have a real chaotic mess. But we're living in a time now, Dewan, where the trumpet, for the most part, is not blowing a clear and distinct sound. You turn your radio on anymore, and I'll guarantee you, you will scarcely hear any sermon that is judging things as they should be. Just a little mediocre general 
something that can be acceptable by everybody. In fact, they are revising the Bible. Now, they are what they call a common Bible. They won't be offensive to anybody. And those words and those demands that seem to be a little stringent, they are eliminating them. So the Catholic, the Jews, and the Protestant all now can have the same Bible and it will be unoffensive to anybody. Well, they won't be preaching the gospel of Christ because Christ was offensive to all hypocrites. And everybody that did not want to obey the gospel of Christ was totally offensive and finally lost his life for it. And you're going to lose your life eventually for this gospel if you stand four square on it. The world is antagonistic against everybody that don't go along with it. And you can rest assured. And they will go as far as they are allowed to eliminate you for this gospel. Well then, Brother Hampton, why aren't the churches having any more problem today? Because they are locking on with the world, that's why. And those who are standing four square, they are having problems. And as soon as the law allows it, they'll put all of us who are standing for this truth in the jail and on the chopping block or wherever, just as they did in bygone days. Only the laws restricts them today. Oh, they're not going to put the nominal Christian nowhere because they are, they are, they are in affinity with them. They're not offending anybody. They're not preaching against anything that they're doing. Come on! So they're, they're not even disturbing the kingdom of darkness. So why even be bothered about them? They are concerned about those who are preaching the full gospel. But that's the only thing going to take you to heaven. The full gospel. Alright. In the book of Isaiah chapter 4. Let's move quickly. Chapter 4. And about verse 3. It shall come to pass. That he that is left in Zion. He that remain, notice the words now, he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy. Those that are left, the remnant, shall be called holy. Read. Even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. Now listen, this is the church. Filthiness had Penetrated the church world. The congregations. Filthiness of the world had penetrated. That's why judgment must be preached. Because the enemy has succeeded down through the years of creeping in with things that are unacceptable to God. And now... For the most part, these churches all over the world, you cannot tell them from the world. Why? They weren't always like that. They didn't start off like that. Brother, they started off judging. Yes, they did too. Brother, the Methodists started off judging. Brother, those ladies dressed in a modest fashion. There was no ornamentation. There was nothing that attracted uh, the world to them. Why? Because they were different. They didn't go to theaters and balls and all this kind of thing. Why? Because they judged it. Not anymore. Not anymore. Why? The spirit of judgment was lost. The preachers were bribed. They quit preaching judgment. And the world flooded them and took over. And wherever there's a lack of judgment, it's going to be the same. So people say, just preach Christ, just preach Christ. Well, what is Christ? 
If you preach Christ, you're going to preach judgment because that's what he did. He came to judge the world in righteousness. So if you preach Christ, you're going to preach judgment. All right, go on. Brother, there's a washing. And the Bible says just before the coming of Christ, another washing would be necessary to prepare the church for the coming of Christ. The Ephesians said, by the washing of water by the word. The word of God is preached to wash you. If there's a spot, a blemish, accomplished by your association with the world, and even inadvertently, the word of God will wash you if your spirit is right, if you're humble. If you are humble, the word of God will wash you and keep you clean. Brother, everywhere you go, churches are becoming contaminated with things that are manifestly worldly and contrary to the word of God. Gaudy and costly array. That's no more than, amen, or, 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 or bizarre, something quite bizarre. And the ministry don't have enough discernment to catch it and deal with it. Let me tell you something, children. The reason we got to be so positive in our judgment is because everything brings a spirit with it. The television brings a spirit with it. Certain kind of apparel brings a spirit with it. We need to know the origin of these things. Certain kind of, of games and activity bring spirit with them. And if you cannot discern the spirit behind them, they might look innocent from the surface. But there's a spirit prompting them. And you've got to discern that spirit. Otherwise, you'll have just a chaotic Babylon before you recognize it. Amen. I read. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughter of Zion. Listen. Purge the guilt. Purged the guilt of Jerusalem. They were guilty before God. But the spirit of judgment would purge them. Many of you would go before God guilty as judgment not preached to you. Because you only recognize what's right and wrong. It takes somebody to judge it. And I'm telling you this morning. You better pray hard this morning. we got to go down into it. Come on with it. Purge the blood, the guilt of Jerusalem. Jerusalem has become guilty. The city of God has become guilty. Read. From the midst thereof. From the midst thereof. By the spirit of judgment. Spirit of burning. The gospel preached with the fire of God. With the fervor of God. Burn out this mess. When the fire goes out, by God, every foul and doleful spirit will nest right among the people of a God. So now whoever it affects, it just has to affect. Whoever it cut off and whoever's relationship is severed, it just has to be severed. Whoever leaves and don't come back, will have to just leave and don't come back. The spirit of judgment must go forth. The devil is pushing everything he can right through the church doors. And in the quiet and in the pulpit and everywhere else. And in your homes. Attitude needs to be judged in the home. People need to understand you don't have a bad attitude and come and try to function in God's church. They need to understand that. And if judgment is not laid down, you'll have every kind of spirit. Right among you. 
trying to lead God's people and making you in a worse predicament than you're in already. Read. Now back up a little bit by the spirit of judgment. Come on with me. Yes. How? By the spirit of judgment. There is no other way to purge the church but by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. But listen to it now. Listen to it. The spirit of judgment. You listen to me. See, you don't just get up here with a lot of hard things. It's more than that. It's got to be a spirit behind that. See, it's a, it's a spirit that judges people. Two preachers can preach the same hard stuff. One will get results, one won't. It's a spirit of judgment. Just saying a lot of hard things, that's not the spirit of judgment. It's a spirit of judgment. You got to have the spirit of judgment to make it effective. That's why most preachers don't preach no judgment. They don't have the spirit of judgment. Amen. And there's, there's no other way. There's no other way. The fire of God. We're in the hour of God's judgment. Just before the coming of Christ, things have crept into church that is unacceptable with God. And if you participate or involved, you will be unacceptable with God. So you got to have a preacher, amen, to expose those things to you. For your benefit. Judgment is for your benefit, not mine. All right. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 21. We got to hasten here because we got a lot on us this morning here. How, how is the beautiful city? The church is called the city of God. Come on. The faithful city. One who stood faithful to the truth. Faithful to the doctrine. That gives me to know that I don't care how faithful you are. If you're careful and you allow the spirit of the world to come in, it will cause you to deviate. How? I'm in a quandary. I'm confused. How in the world? Those who stood so clear and so firm against the world, faithlessness, bad spirits, stood against all that stuff. And now they have become what? A harlot. Wait a minute. That faithful city who did business only with God, like a faithful wife only does business with her husband. But now she's become a harlot. There was a time when the people of God did not fellowship that which was ungodly and worldly. But a harlot does business with anybody that come by. And so if false religion does business, they have a conglomeration now, a council of churches. Everybody getting joined hands, regardless of what you teach, regardless of what you stand for. You go to your church, I go to mine, and we all walk along together, they say. Now God help us this morning. The how is a faithful city become a harlot? Read. I'm going to show you how she became a harlot. I'm going to show you how she became a harlot. Read. Become a harlot. It, that's it. Judgment is in the past tense. It was full of judgment. There was a time when people couldn't get by with things they're getting by with now. There are times when every phase of your conduct was judged faithfully. But now it's become a harlot. Why? Because at one time judgment was in her. That's what made a faithful judgment was there. 
That's what kept her faithful to God. Judgment was there. All right, we're going to get... Righteousness lodged in her. Why? Because judgment, praise our God, brought righteousness. There's no other way to accomplish righteousness but by judgment. And I'm telling you, saints of God, I'm telling you this morning, we are entering into a phase that is just prior to the coming of Christ. And all of the measuring up, all of the spotting of yourself must be done now. All right. Now we're going into something here. You pray hard. We want to, we need some examples of judgment in the house of God. In this grace dispensation. Are you praying with me? Well, I trust that you will. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. You pray hard. My God have mercy. Acts chapter 8, verse 14, if you will. When the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. He was not, they were saved, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. There's two works of grace. You've got to have an infilling after you repent. There's two works of grace. As of yet, he was falling on none of them, and that would be the testimony of some of you. He hasn't fallen on you yet, but you'll never be real holy until you do. I mean, in a real way. Thanks for being saved, but you need more than that. You need a real, genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't mean all this newfangled, charismatic stuff. I mean real Holy Ghost. Come on with it. For as yet, he was falling upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go on. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the hand of the apostles, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands on, huh, they shall receive the Holy Ghost. Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. You better hold on here. Oh, you better hold on right here. You better hold on here. Read that again. Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because that thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Go on. Thou hast Neither part not life in this matter. Thy heart is not right in the sight of God. But he had already been baptized. He had already gotten saved, supposedly. Will y'all pray with me? What happened? He was manifesting the spirit that he had manifested before he got saved. Anyway, anybody pray me, are you? Brother, people are supposed to repent. And a few days later, that same spirit shows up. You have part not life in the matter. You can embrace him. You can do what you want to do. I'm telling you. And he further that you're in a gall of bitterness. And they know that. Oh, and he prayed after that. You don't forgive me. No, he said, no, you ain't got no part of it. He laid judgment on him. Thank God you supposed to you fold and repent and everything else. And, and a few days later, here you are back in the same kind of mess and showing tender, same tendencies that you showed before. Wait a minute. 
Back at the verse 13. So I'm in this. Yeah, you pray hard. I told you pray hard. Pray hard with me. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized. Listen. Look what they almost got into. Here's a man with this kind of spirit traveling with him. Trying to help him evangelize. If they had not had discernment, laid judgment, they would have had that kind of spirit with him. But brother, you know, you just got to say, we don't want to, you just come back, we don't want to be offensive. If he's showing the same spirit, he showed that judgment needs to be laid on him. If you had a lust spirit, you're still lusting, the spirit of judgment, you, you shouldn't tend in that direction anymore. Come on! If he, this man had a covetous spirit, seducing the people, and he manifests that same spirit after he's supposed to have repented. In the house of God. And Peter didn't play with him. Peter, you might think he's a new convert. He just come get these guys straight out. You might discourage him, Peter. We ain't, we ain't gonna we ain't got time to play no games. This man will contaminate this whole operation here. Now, I'm gonna tell you all something this morning. You better pray, you better pray hard. Now you can sympathize with who you want to sympathize with. But boy, when people are supposed to repent and you still see the same tendencies, they're in a mess. They're in a gall of bitterness. You read on, brother. I'm going I'm to show you what the, how the apostles did it. I'm going to show you what kept the church pure and kept miracles working in the first age. I'm going to show you what happened. I'm going to show you how the apostles did it and how we must do it if we're going to see the full glory of God. Then we can't play with no spirits. If they repent, repent. If we see tendencies of that old spirit, thank God, we need to deal with it. Otherwise, it's going to contaminate us. Read on, please. Then Simon himself believed also. When he was baptized, he believed and was baptized, if you please. But a few days later, my God, that old spirit was manifest. That same old spirit he had before he was baptized came to the focus. Surfaced. Y'all better pray hard this morning. And they, amen, they, they, they accepted him, they baptized him, but when that spirit was manifest, he said, no, no, we can't go with that. And he traveled with them. He joined the caravan. Right with them. Take about his great conversion. Going forth in a real way. But that spirit came out. He said, oh, I don't care what you're doing. We're not going to overlook that spirit. We're not overlooking that spirit. I'm going to tell you something. Now, let me tell you something. You better judge these spirits or they'll kill you down the road. It's better to do it now and get it over with. Praise our God. Well, they might get discouraged. You better deal with it now. It'll kill you down the road. Brother, when a person is supposed to repent it and that spirit come back to surface, a detrimental spirit like that, and their tendency is manifested after that, well, I'm going to take the Bible. You can, do, you can deal with it as you want to, but I'm going to take the word of God. Read on, son. Just read the Bible. Come on with it. Come on! And when he was baptized, continue with Philip. Now let's go on down. Let's, now, let's go on down the verse number 20. Peter said unto him, Thy money's perish with thou. Isn't that hard? Here the man just got baptized and believed, amen, and left off his sorcery, and Peter said, Your money's gonna perish with you. Left him praying. Lord have mercy upon us. Left him begging. Holy Ghost don't play. Read on, son. But Peter said unto him, 
Peter said unto him, Your money perish with you. Because thou hast thought the gift of God may be purchased with money. You're trying to get over on the Holy Ghost. You don't have pardon a lot in this matter. Your heart is not right with God. If your heart had been right with God, I would have never seen that spirit again. If your heart had been right with God, I would have never seen that spirit again. If you had really repented as you said, that spirit would not have served anymore. You can overlook it sweeping on the road, but you have a lump pretty soon. You have a mess to deal with down the road, sweep up spirit under the rug. A person goes to repent and you see that spirit again. Amen. And you mess with it, you're going to deal with it down the road. It's going to kill you down the road. You may well deal with it on the spot. And deal with it effectively. And I'm going to show you how they deal with it. Read. Peter said unto him, Your money paid with you. The gift of God may be purchased with money. You're trying to bribe us. You're trying to bribe the Holy Ghost. You're trying to sweet talk us here. You're trying to soften us. Come on with it. You have pardon our life in this matter. Your heart not right with God. What you did is an indication that your heart not right with God. I can't browse over this. I can't sweep this under the rug. Your heart not right with God. That's, that's the bottom line. It's not right with God. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it again. Thank God you come in here fighting and heard the gospel and quit. Now you're fighting again. Thank God you come in here switching, praise our God, with all kind of homosexual tendencies. And now you're still getting close to me and whining in that faith and, and dropping your wrist. Your heart ain't right with God. Those tendencies ought to be left outside. Because Brother Hamburg, wait. I said those tendencies ought to be buried. <laughs> Are you not right with God? I got Bible. The effeminate shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the effeminate will just act like that. You ought not to act like that. The effeminate is not necessarily that you are doing a whole lot and uh, you just acting the feminine. You might not be wearing wigs and, and carrying purse with straps on and all that kind of stuff. You're just acting like that. You ought not to act like that. Your heart ain't right with God. Your heart ain't right with God. You people got saved and washed and everything. You ought to be all, even you ought to be singing baritone at least. Not, it's not bass. Come on with it. You ought to be, come on. Come on! Praise God. Read, son, read. You have not pardoned a lot in this matter. Your heart not right with God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness. Thank God it's wicked. What you did is wicked. And you need to name it. It's wicked. Well, I didn't rob no bank. I didn't rob nobody's husband, wife. But the very fact that you're going to try to Use some old earthly means to accomplish a spiritual means. That's low down. We, that's not in the kingdom. That's not Bible. That does not emanate from a right spirit. Read. You repent of this thy wickedness. Wait a minute. This is now a second time. You're supposed to repent it already the first time. Now you better see what you can do here. You better watch the, watch the language. I'm reading the word of God here. So you got to you uh, you have, you are be at loggerhead with the Bible. Or read on. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness. What? And pray God. If maybe I don't know if I don't know I don't know how you're coming out. God saved you and fixed you up. You gonna come up with some mess like that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't promise you nothing. 
But you're an apostle. I said, you better pray and perhaps. I want you all to understand. Make a game out of this thing if you want to. Thank God if you, God shows you yourself and blesses you. Amen. And, and, and makes deliverance available to you. You better get it. You don't, don't play no game. You better get it. You should be so delighted and appreciative that God would pick you up and deliver you. You ought to go all the way with it. Don't play with it. Don't, don't come short of it. Don't, amen. Don't suffer this thing just for your own personal benefit and do something else. You better get it. Because if you manifest it again, the judgment is going to be far worse. At all. To any extent. All right, let's read the word. Go with the word, son. Thy wickedness. I don't know how God going to deal with you this time. I cannot tell. And this is the situation. This is what we need to understand. Many times you all hold the preacher. And disparage the preacher. But brother, when people do wickedness, they got more than the preacher to deal with. And you need to understand that. People, you pray that we ain't before I'm concerned. I just recommend that you pray. But uh, God got to deal with you after this, son. Go on with it. I perceive. I know this. You you are in a gall of bitterness. You need to make people listen. Unless you make people understand their plight, they're not likely to get before God in a right way. If you just make it some like a little simple mistake and uh, just a little simple reoccurrence, well, you can do it if you want to. You had better categorize. You better put the right label on this stuff. Let people know, my God, all these reversions and all these tendencies back in the wrong direction. And the circumstances under which it was done. What did you say? I perceive what? I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness. And in the very bond of iniquity. That seemed to be mighty harsh for just reverting back to a spirit that he had before. Just a momentary dabbling back into it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When man don't see it, God sees. We are in a different dispensation. I keep trying to emphasize it to you. You can go on, pray our God and brush it under the rug and go on, amen, with your big caravan. But God said, you, you, you got somebody on there with a, in a gall of bitterness. You got somebody on your caravan, praise our God, who in the bond of iniquity. You ain't got nobody that delivered. You got somebody that's going to sink your ship later on. <laughs> Better read. Read. Praise our God. The gall of bitterness in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray to the Lord for me. That none of these things which you have spoken shall what come up on me. Go on. They just kept testifying and preaching. And went on back to Jerusalem. Left him, left, 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 left him, left him, left him saying, Please pray for me. We're going to be going on weekend. That's right. You, you had your chance. We're we going about our business. This gospel has got to go on and you can disqualify yourself. Otherwise, you can go with us. But we're going to leave you right where you are. Drop them right there. Look too much for you? It's the word of God. That's the best I can do. It's the Bible. 
This is the way the apostle dealt with the son. You understand me? Do you know they want we're in a time now where most people can't accept the real apostolic message anymore? It's too strong for them. It's too strong for them. It's too deep for them. People hate you for this gospel. We're just preaching them a truth that might get them to heaven. Come on! Left him sprawling. Left him sprawling. We're going to Jerusalem. He had been traveling with him because the Bible said he continued with. Read verse 13 again. Simon himself believed also when he was baptized. He was continuing. He was traveling with him. He was so impressed. And evidently, Philip and those were impressed with his repentance. He traveled with him. And but now in verse 25, and uh, he prayed in the latter portion of verse 24, these things which you have spoken coming up, up, up on me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they went on to Jerusalem. Left him sprawling. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. We go home. We got to go. We got to move. We already prayed for you. Let me tell you something, children. Let me tell you something. There are those that they can do anything and get a godly person to pray for them and it'll be all over. You got to realize this. You're not only dealing with, I don't care how godly, how good a preacher, how deep his consecration. There's only so much we can do for you. You best rather fall in the hand of God, then can't nobody help you. But God himself. Bible says there are those who fall in the hand of God. They need to understand that. You keep fooling around, praise our God with this gospel, with this truth, and you fall in the hand of God. Then the preacher can't pray, mama can't pray, daddy can't pray, nobody can pray for you. You're in a, you, you're in a, you're in a gall of bitterness. I live with that realization. I'm going to take the word of God for mine. This is no game. I keep telling you, this is Mount Zion. All right, go on. Now, let, let, let us, we're going we're gonna to try to wrap this up here. Let, let's go on. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. The apostle, the apostle dealt with these issues. Now, I want you to study with me. Now you, praise our God, you're going to need this now. Otherwise, you have a lot of questions. Come on with it. 13 verse 1, I believe. 2 Corinthians 13 1. This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every witness. You better listen. I've told you. Listen to the word of God this morning. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned. And to all others, that if I come again, I'm not going to spare you. All right, listen. Now, we, as I say, now if we take time to go into this with you, may God help you to get it. What did he mean here? What did he mean here? Get it this morning. I've been already twice, and if I come the third time, I'm not going to spare you. What do you mean, I'm not going to spare you? He's going to do the same thing he did to those in the Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians 5. Turn you over to Satan. Turn you over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Because that's your only hope. Maybe your spirit will be saved. 
Maybe that'll do it. Nothing else will do it. Maybe that'll do it. He said, I won't spare you. Now, you all think that praise our God, I'm just a, a, a fly-by-nighter. I'm going to show you. And whatever I bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. You rise up against, you rise up against the Holy Ghost men if you want to, because you don't like something about him. If you want to, I'll tell you, you'll be the everlasting loser. God gives authority to his ministry, to his true ministry. I mean real authority. And if you, if you choose to try it, then you may. Or right, come on with it. I told you before. I foretell you. As if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all others. That if I come again, I will not spare you. Come on. Now since you uh, have question marks about my authority. And they, they question the apostles' authority just like it will mine or anybody else's. And that, that's common and I expect that. Since you seek a proof of Christ uh, speaking in me, well, he's just like anybody else. I read the Bible just like he does. He's already, it's not weak, but it's mighty in you. But though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. We shall live with him by the power of God toward you. The power of God toward you. Examine yourself. Listen. All this mess here and up and down stuff, you better see if you are even in it. But Paul, we still going to church. We, we got straight now. You better, you listen. You, we got straight now. You better see if you're in it. You went through your little ceremony, amen, just like the Catholics do, but you better see if you're really in it. Come on! Now, you know you're not in it just because you get back and start demonstrating. It's more than that involved. See, you better, you better examine yourself. We're not, you can't go by no outward manifestation about no exotic feeling. You better examine yourself and check the thing out. Notice the strength of this language. May God help us this morning. Read a little more. Examine yourself. Where do you even be in it? You might not be in it. You might be going on in the same fashion and you're out of it. Read. You better prove yourself. You better put yourself to proof. How do you do it? Well, we ain't got time to go all that this morning, but you need to know it. You better put yourself to proof. You better check it. Thank God you get up before God and find out you empty bucket. You find out that little simple process you went through is not quite as simple as you thought it was. Put yourself to proof. Prove your own self. Read. Know you're not your own self. How that Jesus Christ is in you. You might have messed around with everybody just said fooling around with this gospel. You better check it out. You might have reprobated yourself. You might not even know what's right no more. You might can see it now and don't even know you're wrong. You, we got a world full of reprobate church people. They can get mad and cut up and lust and don't even know they're wrong anymore. You had to sit down for an hour, amen, try to prove they're wrong and they do the lowest mess. Don't you know that ought not be? Don't you know if a saint get off at that much, he ought to, it ought to tear him up? And you got to sit down the whole two, three hours and try to prove somebody's wrong? And they try to be technical and all this kind of stuff. You technicalities on you. 
A minister of God, we shouldn't have to go through that to correct the person. Why? Because if, if you if you got any kind of discernment at all, amen, if you get off at all, brother, I can just say something that don't sound right and to tear me up. It just don't sound right to me. It might not even be wrong, but just the fact that I didn't, I didn't phrase it right. And you're going to do the worst mess and, and got to take two, all night long to prove that you're wrong? You might be reprobate. I'm going to tell you something, dear ones. We're, we're, we're in a worse mess than you think. Brother, people can do any kind of mess now and don't feel nothing. Come on! They can pay their tithe, don't pay them, feel nothing. Be faithful to the cause of God, not faithful, don't feel nothing. Have a right attitude, a mean, cutting, uh, desperate attitude, it means nothing. No compunction, no compunction. Act the way, cut up, act the way they want to, and no compunction. Dibble and dabble into the world and, ha- and, and feel absolutely nothing. And have the audacity to go forth, amen, in the same fashion. Turn from godliness to worldliness, amen, and never miss a step. Reprobate. They don't know what's right no more, brother. Reprobate. And I'm going to tell you, there's no need to go and trying to preach no lot of gospel. Brother, why don't you go to Anderson? Why don't you go here and preach? Why don't you go there and preach? They're reprobate. It wouldn't do them any good. They don't know righteousness from wrong. They don't know the sound of the trumpet when they hear it anymore. All of it sounds the same to them. We got reprobate church people all over the world. They don't know what's right anymore. They don't even know what's right anymore. They call wrong right and right wrong. They call you fanatical because you preach this gospel and stand on it. Because you don't run to the same excess of right. They don't know what's right anymore. At the house of God. Listen. <laughs> Excuse me. This judgment at the house of God is for your benefit. You ought to thank God if real judgment is being laid down because you're not going to get to heaven otherwise. You'll find yourself going up before God with all kind of attitudes, all kind of spirits, and don't even recognize it. Somebody don't point it out to you. It might be a little offensive when they tell you about it. It might not rub you the right way. But I tell you what, if you take it and pray and humble yourself, you'll go to heaven. But if you denounce it and get mad and, and turn up your nose, you're lost for eternity. I said it with all authority. I said it with all authority. There ain't nothing you can do about it. But go to hell if you mess with it. Judgment in the house of God. Judgment in the house of God. God will support this gospel. God will support judgment. So I don't have to worry about what nobody thinks about it. I don't have to worry about whether you agree or don't agree. I don't have to worry about what you say when you go home. God will back it up. Amen. Think God will cut you off and send somebody who's hungry for it. The Bible speaks about looking for judgment. There are some people looking for judgment. Yes, there are. Do you know there are some people looking? The Bible, I've got a message I might preach later, looking for judgment. There are some people looking for judgment. we got people right now, they want uh, hundreds of miles from here. Just heard a tape. And now they're sending their tithes and their offerings. That's what I've been looking for. Been around apostate churches of God preaching a half gospel. And now they have found that this is what I've been looking for. Sending for tapes and sending us their offering and everything else. Way off, ain't got no church I'll go to right now. No, nowhere, to, ain't nothing around them. They're standing. I don't care what they claim to be. Looking for judgment. Think if you don't want it, God will send somebody who's looking for it. God will send you off somewhere on a tangent, praise our God, and send us somebody who wants it. Send us somebody who wants to be right. Somebody who wants the gospel preached. Somebody who wants to measure up to the word of God and be acceptable with God. 
So you don't have to worry about that. But then you keep reading like that, we won't have nobody here. Well, God has sent us some more. God has sent us a whole brand new crew. All y'all are new. Well, none of y'all here when I came. <laughs> well, you got, he got some more people. Now, if you want help, I'm with your heart and God will help you this morning. Your heart and your heart and your neck, you'll be destroyed with that without remedy. Amen! Maybe you better pray that perhaps the thought of your heart be forgiven you. Praise our God, if you find out that you're in the gall of bitterness, you better try to get out this morning. You need to try to get out this morning. Thank God, there ain't no time now to be ranting and raging against this gospel. If you're in the gall of bitterness and the word of God exposes you, it's time to try to get out of it. And if you're manifesting the same old spirits that you manifested before you're supposed to repent, that's where you are. Now, if you want help, we'll stay here and pray with you and deal with you and try to get you ready for heaven. But if you insist, then we have to leave it with you and God. Shall we stand? Now is the hour. This is the time. One of these days when you stand before God, when this gospel would have washed you clean, you'd appreciate it. Thank God when all of the spots been washed away through the burning and through judgment and the rink iron, this hot iron of the gospel would have ironed out the wrinkles. And you prepared as a, and the, you can say then the bride has made herself ready. The only way the bride going to make herself ready is through the washing of water by the word. The judgments of God. We ain't no time for miscalculation here. No time be like, mess around, let, let you get reprobate. Don't even know what's right anymore. You can get mad and fuss and fight and still think you're all right. Wrangle. Come on with it. Malign people's name and don't feel bad about it. Go around lusting and feel no compunction. Call it admiration. I sing a verse of song. You have a verse of song? I trust God we'll, we'll, we'll do like Paul said. We'll examine ourselves and see if we're really in the faith. You want to let me tell you this? People can pat me on my back and I can be a thousand miles away from God. Tell me what a holy man I am. I'm going to examine my own self. Amen. Unless you can help me, but I'm going to do, do it myself. All right. Oh, 